Hey everybody, welcome to the Not 99 Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Waters, and with me today are just the ladies. It's Ladies Day on the Not 99 Podcast. Ladies week, ladies couple of weeks, maybe you guys for the next couple of weeks. Uh, to my right, because I can't go in any order than that or mess it up, my <laughs> lovely wife, Virginia Waters. Hey. To my left, the newly again blonde, because fame just goes every time we get a little bit of people. We got we got feedback in the past couple of weeks. Every time people Becca tell us blonde. they listen to us, Becca goes blonde again. It's Becca Brown. Hello. Brought back the bleach. Brought back the bleach. There's Howard. Oh my. <laughs> All right, if you guys can hear that light little clock sound, um, <laughs> and you may be able to, uh, that's that little <laughs> clock sound is Rashan's newest addition to the home. Mm-hmm. She named him Howard because yep. it is a Howard Miller clock yep. <laughs> that we bought on our anniversary trip. I kept Together, staring though. over there thinking something was different. <laughs> it's the giant four-foot-tall clock. clock on the wall. And then I thought, maybe it was just there, and I, I usually don't miss I things, though. I say house. She put that in the podcast studio. This is definitely a studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Rashan, so how, how many years ago was it we went together? Five years. It was about five years ago. Before Jocelyn was one. Yeah, and we went. she just turned five. So it was four years. Yes. Okay. Yeah, four years ago. Four years. Um, we went to Gatlinburg, and we went to the store called The Clock Peddler, and Rashan fell in love with all of these crazy clocks. Not crazy. Five years. They're not crazy. She was born in 2014, and it is now 2019. She was only a few months old. Question. Is it was the clock very expensive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, so that's what I was going to say. Yeah, she has saved that. for the past four <laughs> years. <you> <laughs> And so that was some of her money she saved. I mean, she could, the potential to save more was there. You did spend some of your money. Yeah, I kept dipping into dedication it because um, it was I didn't put it in a savings account. It's just an envelope under the mattress. It wasn't really under the mattress. I was like, it was? I could have spent that this whole time? <laughs> I should have found that. <laughs> but yeah, I kept dipping into it. And then um, and then it was time for the anniversary trip. And I was like, I have, I'm going to bring this money just in case there's a clock on sale. <laughs> and there was a that clock awesome. on sale. Mm-hmm. So we did get it for about 40% off his retail price, which mm-hmm. is good. But yeah, so now we have a giant clock in our living room slash podcast studio. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it, it sparks joy. And, and the, the money she didn't have saved, that was her val- uh, Valentine's anniversary present. <laughs> Happy seven years. Yeah. It's a nice looking clock. It's, um, We'll post it for y'all to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rashan likes to show off her <laughs> clock, but yeah, thankfully, um, thankfully she wasn't just super enamored and only was going to go with the grandfather clock because we are not. This is not a grandfather clock home. Mm-mm. Like There's we're not, not we're not fancy enough. I feel like for like a well for like an old school the really ornate clocks. Oh, yeah. yeah, one of those grandfather clocks in there, Becca, cost on sale seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, I know for fun. <laughs> It's like a, what was it? A, I don't know. It was a legit clock though. $17,000. Yeah. We didn't get that one. No. But we did, we did have fun on our trip. Mm -hmm. Seven years. Seven years. So you're going to get there in six years and nine months. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. How many Uh, months have y'all been married, Becca? Since November. So. Six years. Add that up. (laughs) Six months. You're on top of your math today. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's not the engineer's strong suit. It is definitely Rashan's. 
so yeah, you guys, uh, you guys, we, so we, we just celebrated. We went to the mountains. We spent time in the cabin, went to Dolly Parton's stampede. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so fun. much fun. The pig race was my favorite. Yeah. They race <laughs> these like little tiny pigs. Did they feed you there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's my favorite part. It's really that part good. That was hard for me because <laughs> <laughs> the food was good, but like you're trying to watch something. Yeah. And eat at the same time. And eat yeah. at the same time. With no it's utensil. Not you're not supposed food. to use the utensil either, well, right? Yeah. So when but I went, I, chicken. I went like a decade ago and they didn't give you any utensils and they, now they give you one fork mm-hmm. and you're not supposed to use the fork. Unless you have to. And I, everybody else around us is doing like me. Just pull the chicken off, eat it. That's the experience. And I look over at Rashan and she's like holding the chicken and pulling out a tiny piece of her fork <laughs> off. Live on um, the edge. This is the same on. girl that ate the cupcake off the ground at a wedding party. Right? And then she's trying to use her fork. <laughs> it wasn't chicken. a cupcake. It was the scone. Oh, sorry. That makes it so Either cool. way, it was food off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello. So it was fun. It was good. We had a good time. We, went, we spent like a whole day in Kate's Cove. Yeah, that was Ooh, my favorite part. But that was cool. It was. It I've was never nice. Been there. Really? You you have got to go to Kate's Cove. Yeah. And it's not like it's not even that like there's that much amazing things that you can do in Kate's Cove, but it's just part of the Smoky Mountain experience, mm-hmm. I feel like, to be in the cove and look at those houses. We went to this one house and I'd seen it years ago and I'd forgotten we went and saw it that I'd seen it before. Because I've been more times than Rashan and I have been I've been more times than we've been together. And, um, and so we were walking around the, the, this church. No, it was a house. It was a church. It was a Baptist church. And we were walking around the graveyard, and this gravestone I saw oh, yeah. sparked my memory that I'd been there before because it says, here lies, like, whoever it is. And then underneath it says, murdered by North Carolina rebels. <laughs> I was like, wow. That's yeah. a, that's yeah. a, just got interesting. <laughs> well, I want to know the story. Yeah. Of course, there's, there's no story there that they tell you anyway, so... I would like to know who these North Carolina rebels were. So if you know about that gravestone, please email us at not 99 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name was like John. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice generic name to choose. John? It's probably I think John. His name was John. Do you remember John being murdered by North Carolina rebels you know, in 1860? You no, know, Paul. He was there. Yeah, Paul, Michael, Ringo. Yeah. George. No, that's wrong. Sorry. Russell Gregory. 1795 to 1864. Yeah, if any of you remember that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just about spit out my gum. <laughs> I would just like that. So I we, was kind of scared that bears were going to come into our cabin the whole week. The whole week. We were in a cabin. We weren't camping in a tent. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what are they going to do? Trick you? <laughs> Open the door. Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> you got any picnic baskets? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not normally irrational like that, but the... Cabin rules, it was like, put the trash in the container by the side of the house to keep the bears out. And I'm like, bears? <laughs> like, and, like, the bulk of the house was upstairs. I mean, the bedroom was downstairs. Yeah. But it had a pretty sturdy door on it. And, you know, so I'm just imagining I mean, these bears, bears like, strong. sneaking up the stairs. But, yeah, but <laughs> they don't break into houses. I'm not going to wrestle the whole thing <laughs> just to get to you. Rebecca's dad has literally had a bear in his backyard. I know. That's what I was thinking. He was... <laughs> <laughs> there was so many people that came up to him and they're like, hey, are you the man that had the bear in the back of the yard? I mean, he, he was at an airport in Dallas. In no way. Called, yes. I'm not. I'm like, you're the only one I know that can get famous over a bear. And he doesn't even live like in the country. I mean, no. I get it. Like, I get that you guys. He lives in guys, Birmingham. Yeah. Well, not even just like, I mean, there are areas in Birmingham that are, but he lives in the, like, in on the main strip in a suburb yeah. neighborhood. Right behind a barbecue place, yes. like across the street from you know a, 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 a shopping area. Yeah, you know, and and it's not there's. I mean, he Hanging could out. hear traffic at his house. Yes, and there's a bear back there. That's 
That's what kills me. I know that I know that you guys that that live in places like New York and New Jersey and England. Yeah, I'm talking about Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine all of us down here just podunk living in our like trailer shacks. <laughs> And the there's, not, the there's nothing wrong with a trailer shack if that's what you live in. But some of us do live in non-trailer shacks. And there's a bear in Rebecca's dad's backyard. Oh, encroaching on their environment. Encroaching on their environment. That's the problem. Rebecca, what's been going on with you? What did mm. you do this special? Andy and I went hiking okay. last weekend at um, Dismal's Canyon. Dismal's Canyon? Yes. Dismal? Dismal. That sounds, that sounds depressing. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Well, I, I mean, no. if I was hiking, I saw the pictures. If I had, if I was hiking with Andy Alabama? looking like that, I wouldn't be depressed either. Right? <laughs> Did you say something about Andy's abs? His arms. His arms. <laughs> Everyone, I know. Everyone's like, these pictures are amazing. I was like, I know that man in that picture is so hot. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, the view. Okay. <laughs> You're like, that is the view I was, I was like, looking at. That was my view the whole entire time. <laughs> I made Andy walk in front of me the whole entire time. <laughs> It was amazing. That's what newlyweds do. Rashan made me walk three yards behind her in Gatlinburg. No, I didn't. No, I was kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's like the strip. It's like a mile. I said three yards. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said miles. <laughs> I was like, heard that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it was fun. It was so much fun. Is it here? It was so pretty. Yeah, yeah. Where is Dismal Canyon? Phil Campbell, Alabama. It's kind of right. 35 minutes from Florence. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So it's North Alabama. Yeah. Awesome. And it was so cool. We like to do that when we can. Um, you just like drive up there and then come back afterwards? Mm-hmm. After we ate in Florence because I love Florence. so Really? Yeah. What's special about Florence? I've only been to Florence. I've been to UNA, and that was when I was in high school, which was a few years ago. <laughs> so why did you mean to do that? Yeah. Wear <laughs> um, yourself out? Um, I don't know. I like the little downtown shopping areas, just the little feel, small town. You can just yeah. walk. Wherever, park and walk, yeah. Hmm. It was really cool. It was fun. And we don't know it. Like, there's nothing up there that you really know anyone or know anything about. It doesn't feel like home. So so you feel like you actually got out of the house. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like you're there. We did a little staycation in Five Points, like, Mm -hmm. two anniversaries ago. Mm -hmm. And, like, even though... We were, what are we, literally 20 minutes from five points, 30 yeah. minutes, 45 with traffic. Yeah. Know? It's still in Birmingham, mm-hmm. but we just don't ever go to that area. And we felt like we were like somewhere, we were transported somewhere yeah. else. You know, that's what that pancakes, felt like. At the pancake house. So many people kept saying, Where are y'all? And we're like, We are literally an hour and a half from you. <laughs> <laughs> if you get out of the house, there's things to look at. That's cool. I, I you know, that's my. Sh- Shame. I don't know. That's not the right term. But I hate that I like, I miss out on all this stuff to do in Alabama. Like, I've never been to Mentone. I've never been to, apparently, a place that's nice called Dismal's Canyon. Yes. Um, but you've been to Nakalula Falls. I have been to Nakalula Falls. That was kind of neat. Have you been to Nakalula Falls? It's up near Gadsden? No. Yeah, so Nakalula Falls is really neat. It's um, it's kind of in the middle of the downtown. Oh, not the downtown area, but like... It's not. They, it doesn't seem to fit there. Yeah, they they definitely developed closer to the falls than you normally get at a like a nature hike or something like that. Yeah. So you're standing there looking at the falls and just kind of like, oh, it's just beautiful. And there's this like, to me, really like I don't know if eerie is the right word, but there's the statue of Princess Nakalula jumping off the the cliff, which there's is a what's statue cool. of her jumping. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like for did me, did you go with him? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, she's she's, she's seen it. Have we been there twice? I think we have been there twice. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, 
it, but then you turn around from looking at the statue in the falls and there's a Jack's and a shell yeah. station. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. oh. I know. This is what I like. I went to another place too and I can't think of what it's called, but it's in North Alabama too. And um, it's seriously, you don't know where these places are hidden. Yeah. And, and you're on a highway and all of a sudden you take a right and it's right there. And you're like, where did this come from? Why are we here? But um, <laughs> I love how random it is, but yeah. it's the prettiest views ever. It's cool to see some of that. Even where um, our friends Sam and Zach got married, I'd yeah. never been there. And we walked up and I was like, oh, yeah. what yeah. is this view? Like, oh, yeah. who knew yeah. this was in Alabama Sands, anywhere? Sandstone? Yeah, that sounds right. It was gorgeous. It was really pretty. It's also fun when you're in a new area and you have somebody that you that knows the area better than you. Like, we went and visited with um, Hadassah's grandparents down in, uh. um, <laughs> down in Natchez, Mississippi. <laughs> And he's li- they've lived there like their whole lives, yeah. and he's he's like a fixture of the town. So first of all, he's just driving backwards on one way streets and stuff, and he's like, ah, nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah it was, was hilarious. Cool. I love that, but I don't want to be in the car when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Just know the difference. There was nobody there. There's nobody there. It's not I just it when not it's not big. me yeah. in there. But, um, he he said, hey, you guys want to go see this old church? And we we're like, yeah, sure. Now again, we've been to Cades Cove. We've seen old churches. They all look the same. Yeah. Like you go to Cades Cove and you see a missionary Baptist church or an old Methodist church, and it is literally a white building with some pews inside, all wooden. Mm-hmm. One has one door, one has two doors. Definitely have a bell on top because you had to tell people when it was time to go to church back in the day. Yes. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, sure, let's go see it. Thinking, you know, this can't be that special. We're in the middle of Natchez, Mississippi. It's going to be another old church like in Cades Cove. And he drives, and then he turns off this road, and then he starts going through these woods. And I'm like, where is he taking us? <laughs> if I didn't trust this man, <laughs> this isn't a scene from a movie where we'd go disappear. Yeah. Like, we'd go missing. In the right most now. random places. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, but he, and he drives and he gets down to this spot and, and it kind of opens up. And then we come up on this most gorgeous, like Gothic style church. Probably half the size of this house. Not even a big yeah, church, small. but it had turrets and like the, um, the, I don't, I'm doing the thing. She's <laughs> trying to show us what it has. I don't know what a turret looks like. But you know when it's you look at a working. castle and it's got like the rectangle up and down spot around the yeah. edges. And the windows were ornate. And the interior was... was it's like, just randomly placed. In the yeah, middle. Yeah, you had to get on somebody's personal property to see it. And I was like, what is this doing? And Natchez... Who who came from England and was like, all right, Olivier. No. Put this church out, eh? It's going to look like the old one's back home. <laughs> that was a terrible impression. I'm sorry, Liam. So <laughs> and he listens. He sent us feedback this week. He listens. So I don't really want to offend him. We're going to be camping beside him this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going camping, and um, Hadassah is disappointed that she doesn't get to dig a latrine. Do you know what a latrine yeah, is? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who gave her the idea that that was she. Don't look at me. I'm the most city-fied <laughs> southerner you've ever met. Like, why was this at the top of her list to begin with? She read a camping book, and she was so excited. She was taking notes in her notebook about what she needs to do for the camping trip. I love it. And one of them was digging a latrine, and the other one is like tying your food up in some kind of container. I mean, and she legit wanted to go camping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she wants to rough it. Yeah. She wants That's to. She'd be happy it. if we just like turned off in the woods and like, all right, we're gonna go halfway in. <laughs> but she doesn't know. Daddy doesn't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> I like doing that with a bathhouse, though. Yeah, I don't mind. Oh yeah, I was like a bathhouse. sleeping in a tent and doing and all that. I realized that. you're talking about exactly what like we're doing. Sh- yes. Yeah. yeah. We should say yeah. That's where we're going. We're in like a, a K, some KOA, KOA campground, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. They had cabins at that Dismal's Canyon that we went to. I want to go stay in that because yeah. that would be neat. Cool. be a good weekend trip. Little River, little 
River Falls is where I was trying to tell you earlier where we went. And um, it was in the middle of nowhere. Like, you just took a right, and there it was. And you're wow. like, why? So you guys just stumbled it? across it, or someone told you about no, it? No, my friend Eric, I went with him one time. And it's always fun to go with someone who's already been there and knows. Yeah. Um, and we went, and then me and Andy went to Dismal's Canyon. Okay. We look up really cool pictures on our phone, and then we look, try to see where it is, and then we're like, okay, we're going to go there. That's we're going to do this. So. Yeah, that's We awesome. base it off photos. There's one kind of strange thing about Nakalula Falls. I don't know if they still have him or her, but it's a lion. I think it's a her. So yeah. I think it's a lioness. So they have like a... And they uh, have... Yeah. So like when we first walked in, all I saw was this... It's not roaming there free. There were some trees. No. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be terrifying. Um, and that there was this big tree... And it looked like it had a fence around it. I'm like, why did they fence in that tree? That's weird. <laughs> and we walked closer and I realized that there were two fences. There's like one fence with the lion in the middle. And then there's another like perimeter fence around the lion's fence. Yeah. And it was like, oh my nope. gosh, they legit have a lion in there. And then this guy shows up on his um, golf yeah, like cart type thing. Yeah. thing yeah. And had like a huge slab of meat that he was about to feed the lioness. So we all just like stayed and watched. And it was great. And he, yeah. he put his like foot kind of underneath the edge of it. And she kind of like pawed his foot a little bit. It's like, oh my gosh, she's huge. But it was yeah, just that's crazy. A, yeah, you don't realize how big those cats are until yeah, you're really like close. right on it. And you're like, oh. I don't want that in my life. It was kind of no. sad. When we were hiking, there was a sign that, to the right that said, caution, snakes. No. <laughs> and I said. No, no, mama, no. And he was, and Andy just kept walking towards it. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, hey, you see that? Hey, that, uh, and I just stopped. <laughs> and I watched him just walk all the way around it. Oh, and then no. I went to the left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not no. going anywhere near that. No. I mean. Of course, there's snakes, the snakes. Yeah. around that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but but I don't need a sign. I don't yeah. need a warning. For I don't it. need to like hang out around the sign. No, I'm not trying to go towards the yeah. sign either like he was. You know, like, those snakes are reading no. that sign, hanging out. <laughs> when it comes to, to the warning, keep from... <laughs> I'm, no I'm asking for it. If I'm, yeah. <laughs> I have no desire to be around snakes ever. 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 That is, is that? like my legit like. Oh, yeah. hell. Terrified. <laughs> Terrified. If I died and went to hell, that would be that it. That would be it. That and bees. I don't like bees, bees. either. We literally killed two bees in our house before you got here today. <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I killed them. Well, they're dying slowly more. inside the vacuum cleaner. You can hear them, though. When they're well, we, we, we don't have a hive because somebody <laughs> left the door open and it came inside. There's a third one somewhere. I'm, sure. I'm not a beekeeper. And they weren't, look, for everybody, there weren't, like, honeybees or the ones that are, like, going extinct. They might not even been bees. It might have been, like, hornets or something. I don't know. But they definitely were stinging bugs that didn't need to be in my home. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> not grabbing them by the wings and getting them out. By the wings? That's probably <laughs> not a good idea. Not a good idea. I like to... I'm not one that, like, saves the bugs. Yeah, she does. She tried to let it out I and let the that. second one in. I yeah. did. I felt bad you about just that. killed the first one. <laughs> She's, she, Listen, I killed a stink bug the other day in our house, and I grabbed the Ziploc, and I put it in the Ziploc, and I thought to myself, I could go let this outside. We're probably going to get hate mail. I don't even care. <laughs> and um, I put it in the Ziploc. It was, like, 1.30 in the morning. And I just zipped it up and threw it in my trash. And I thought, I just suffocated this. You could have smushed them. I could have, but I was like, eh, Then she's got to feel the crunch. Yeah, I didn't want to feel Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're right. I word. really didn't. Oh, my So, word. use your 
should probably edit this. There's <laughs> 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 a stink bug. But. Rashan saves spiders in our home and like puts them out. There was a spider that had made a, a web outside the door. A big spider. <gasps> it was so pretty. It was like a big web between like our door and our garage mm-hmm. in that corner of the house behind the basketball. I'd probably room. let that stay just because that was creative. She let it stay and then Her like name was she Lilla. wouldn't for like probably a week. I didn't notice it. And she wouldn't tell me where this like spider web was because she was afraid I was going to kill it. Yeah. So she forced me to tell her, I promise I wouldn't kill it before she told me where it was. <laughs> like, what would have been worse is if I'd have walked into it because I didn't realize oh, it was there. Oh, you couldn't have Listen walked into it. I grabbed the basketball from behind the goal in that same area. But it was really high up. No, it was high up for Rashan. <laughs> <laughs> If I would have walked into that, I would have been swinging. Like, <laughs> I remember we used to walk, Andy and I used to walk at the walking track, and um, it was at night. But every time we went, he walked into a spider web. And all you could see, because it was dark, all you could see was him swinging his arm <laughs> left and right. Oh, it was so funny. And you still married him. I still did. With the, with those arms were glorious when they were swinging. <laughs> You were waiting oh, on that comment. It's, it's, my, it's, it's so much fun. I love that like people come up to you guys now and ask you how Andy's abs are. Oh my gosh, I had that happen. Okay, so there's this guy. How do you start keeping count? I was at, so this has happened so many times recently, but um, one, <laughs> I was at church and it happened, but this one was, I was out in public and this guy thought we looked familiar and it's just hilarious. And then someone said our names and he went, wait. Becca, Andy, Becca, not not 99 podcast? And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. He is one of the 12. And he goes, um, is it bad that I really want to ask what Andy's abs look like? <laughs> and I immediately just put my, I said, yes, yes it is. And, um, and Andy was like, no, man, it's cool. Of course, Andy takes off. And... <laughs> At first, I wanted to say five dollars, and I let you. Know. Like, I, I mean, somebody should make a profit on this. Becca, it's not me. It may as well be you. To pimp him out, like yeah, five dollars, and he just stares at me. I'm like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Halfway kidding. It was really funny. It was although, great. if you have five dollars, I know. Although, I'll, I'll run up to him and like throw his shirt up and then throw it back down and run away. <laughs> five dollars. That's hilarious. So yeah, that was. It was great. It was a good laugh on the way home. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, we talked a little bit about Rashan and I celebrating our seventh anniversary. You guys just got married. We've talked about marriage a lot on the podcast, but what we haven't talked a ton about is is um, some of our pasts a little bit. I think I mentioned maybe on one of the pre- recent episodes that I had been married before, and Rebecca mentioned she had been married before as mm-hmm. well. And we thought it would be good uh, this week to kind of cover um, a topic that uh, – it's important to a lot of people because it affects a lot of people and that's divorce. Um, and so like I started to say earlier, I was, I was uh, married before I met Rashan, which is true. Apparently I met Rashan at some point while, while I was, he was married. married. Um, he doesn't remember. Yeah. That's okay. Who is she? He was married. I, I don't remember meeting her last week. Uh, <laughs> no, <I'm just> um, <laughs> no, but I was, I, I, um, I was young. I got married at 22 years old. To my first ever girlfriend, um, she was twenty years old when we got married. She, she turned. We both. I turned twenty three, and she turned twenty one that year. Babies. We were babies. <laughs> yeah, but we thought we knew everything. Yeah, you always you know? do it. Twenty and, uh, you know, We knew everything at twenty and twenty one. And uh, you know, I'm glad not, to say I'm thirty one, and I do not know anything. Yeah, I know. I, I'm happy to admit that I 
I'm 37. I don't have it figured yeah. out. You know, like I got a lot of things figured out. Mm-hmm. I don't have everything figured out. Sure enough. So yeah, we we were we were together. You know, a total of like 10 years. You know, almost we we met uh, when she was in high school. Well, we met when we were both in high school. We started dating my freshman year of college, and we were married for nearly five years before it ended. And um, you know, I just I rem- I don't want to go into like all the gory details of all that stuff. That's you know that that is that's that's not really a topic. That's not really what we want to talk about. So what I what I do want to talk about are the the emotions, the things that I went through, and I you know I'd like to Becca Becca to talk about that as well, what she went through um, as well, because. Here's what I've noticed. Uh, we have a tendency when we're going through a crisis like that, a lot of people have a tendency to pull away from people. Everybody's situation is unique. My situation is unique from what yours was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and but So they feel like they're alone. They, always, they yeah. always feel like that their story, no one understands, and it's worse than what you think. Yep. Every time someone confides in me, they're like, oh, well, you just don't understand. Clearly, I do, or I want yeah. the same journey you mm-hmm. did. But they always feel like it's we don't understand, or it's ten times worse what they're dealing with inside their house. And I'm like, I yeah. just kind of shake my head at it, <laughs> like, okay, like. And even if it is worse, there's still some similarities, right? Oh, all day long. You know, because yes. I, I can tell you, like in 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 our home, my previous home, like we, you know, it wasn't like we had a lot of fights or craziness or anything like that that led up to the divorce. Now, there were some things that happened right around that time that were unexpected. It wasn't like we had this, like, horrible, like, violent, crazy situation or anything like that. I can't relate as well to somebody that's been through that kind of divorce. Mm-hmm. But there's still, a, there's still a brokenness and a hurt that came in our situation that, that somebody has been through something like that feels as well. Um, and there's a shame. There's an isolation as- aspect to it. And, and I remember um, for a long time... When, when after my divorce, I, I didn't know where I fit in anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, you know, because I, I had I'd been a member of church. I'd grown up in church. I became a follower my senior year of high school, and I'd been like an involved member of church. I had just been a youth pastor the year before, like a heavily involved member of the church before my marriage failed. And when it failed, I just felt like everybody knew. Like like you can like it's like you can walk through a store. You feel like people are, like they don't know what to say to you, yeah. and you're like, oh well, like, yeah, just kind of. And you end up saying stupid things. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, oh, it's not that bad. Or just the fake response that you get from it. Yeah. Of they want to say something, but they don't say anything, and you know that they know because of course they know. It's a, I grew up in a small town, so you knew everyone knew. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, and it's just the way they look at you. You feel like everyone just looks at you completely different, and um, because you are going through something completely different, and you know right. that you're completely different, that you just see it across everybody's face, and it's just right. it's so it's hard to explain, but it's. People who go through a divorce know what you're talking about. Yep. So it's. I remember one time when we were in the middle of our separation that I had a friend that called me and spent like 20 minutes on the phone trying to convince me to not go through with it. Which, and, I, and I just kept telling her, like, you don't understand. You don't know what's going on. And I said a bunch of things that I look back now and I'm like, that's what everybody says. That's what everyone says. You know, yeah. I just didn't know that that's what everybody said because it felt real to me in the moment. Yeah. But... Um, and, but then, but ultimately we did go through with it. And there were some issues that she didn't know about that even at that moment, I didn't know about that, mm-hmm. that had we both known about it would have ended our conversation sooner. That notwithstanding, um, I, 
I was the next time I saw her, I kind of was like, does she even want to talk to me anymore? Yeah. You know, because there's a it, it's a it's a guilt and a shame that I put on myself because the fact of the matter is she's never treated me any differently. Mm-hmm. And I still see her from time to time, and she still never treats me any differently. And as a matter of fact, she tells me how much she loves um, one of our our, our kids because that kid acts so much like her. <laughs> you know, so they they've connected, you know, because yeah. they they both are sassy. But um, you know, not that she doesn't love our other kids, but you know, there's a connection yeah, yeah. there. But um, you know, but she and I look back on it with clear eyes now. So you know, almost a decade later, um, she was just trying to help. You know, so one of the things, Becca, that I experienced, and maybe you did as well, was unexpected heartbreak after the divorce. Because we had been in a place, we, we were married We were married for right at five years. Um, we had been together for right at ten. Granted, we were young. Um, but we had had no real hard time in our relationship, real hard time, except for some frustrations, like within a couple weeks leading up to it. But... There had been, you know, other, other, you know, thoughts or things that come across your mind and things like that. And, and like, so when it ended, I don't know if it was pride in me or whatever. I was like, whatever, we're fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I don't have any issues. She didn't want to be with me. Then I don't want to be with her. I remember her mom being like, aren't you going to come get her back? And I'm like, no, she left. Like she left me. I didn't leave her. So why would I go chase after her? And, uh, and, and I'm fine and she's fine. But then like, I realized like I'm, I'm not going home anymore after work. I'm going and like spending time in coffee shops and going to the mall. And then just like home became just a place I slept because I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that unexpected heartbreak makes divorce so much harder than like, I, I think we should talk about that just because there's probably somebody out there that's listening to this that's on the brink probably of a, maybe a, a, a marriage that's okay. They just feel like it's not okay. And they think, well, I'm just going to leave and I'm going to be happier immediately when I leave. And that's, that's, That's not necessarily that the case. is not yeah. even when you you know that um, it's bad and it's ugly and you want to leave or that you feel like it's not going to work you've messed up or he's messed up and um, y'all are ready to go your separate ways it's yeah. just time to do it there is so much unexpected like you said heartache that comes with that that you think I was done with this six months ago or I was done with this yeah. a year ago in you, my heart I've been done for you might have been yeah. done in your mind but there are stuff that creeps up later um that will kill you um, yeah I have to work hard to not like project things that happened in my previous marriage on Rich Hand. yes uh and that and that still happens whether you meant to bring that um unexpected baggage <laughs> into that yeah. Uh, yeah. it still does that and I felt this is where I tell Andy, I'm like, you are a good man because I would have <laughs> would have said, I can't do this. Nope. Mm-mm. Because there's still trigger points for me that I still feel like that I bring unintentionally into the marriage. Yeah. Into another marriage, into this is my second marriage. So what I faced with another person, I bring into this marriage and it's not fair. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to the myself, I feel like, really, because yeah. I've might have close that chapter and said goodbye to that but um it still carries around with you whether you like it or not <laughs> that's right i mean like i i think i talked about this on the show but i had to i had to pull roshan aside recently at christmas time and be like listen this isn't fair to you but this is but like when you tell i know you're I, i'm pretty certain that you're trying to be sneaky quote unquote because you're trying to keep me from my christmas present but like being sneaky is a trigger point for me yeah 
because that's what that's what happened right up at near the like I can't even watch I, I mean not that necessarily it's something I would normally be into but like I can't be the Twilight movies mm-hmm. done for me because right before my marriage ended my ex-wife went like wholeheartedly into the like obsessed with wa- wa- read all the books watched all yeah. the movies read the piece of the book that was online and and right wrong or indifferent there was a part of me that was like well I'm never you know of course she left me I couldn't live up to Edward or you know whatever this fantasy novel is or whatever you know and like now I forgot about that like you know like is that it or is not you know I'm not saying that is it but like right wrong or indifferent it's it felt it felt real you know what I mean and I think people who are trying who think um oh this marriage isn't worth repairing or oh this marriage isn't um ever going to live up to what I think it's going to a that's an expectation you should never put on yourself or your spouse that's right Hear that again. That is an expectation <laughs> you should never put on your marriage anyway, or the person because you married a sinner and you married someone who should not live up to that. Someone ever. who's imperfect. Yes, exactly. So and you're imperfect. Mm, show, and that's okay. And that's uh, the thing. I'll let you go on record and say I'm perfect. Oh, uh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Becca. But here's the thing is that's okay if you're not perfect and he's not perfect because yeah. you have so much to learn together and. Um, you chose that person to um, to go through it all. And yeah. Well, but there's a, a a picture that a friend of mine painted for me one time. Um, it was in between uh, my divorce and and, and meeting Rashan, and um, he and I sat down for for lunch one time, and and he had been through a, a mar- He was on his second marriage as well, and uh, and he was telling me that he said, you know, he said when my wife and I went through marital counseling, they pointed out to me that. I, like look at like a pie chart right like a you have these needs that fit in this chart like the circle of needs right and and this whole chart is your need and what people do is they expect to get married a spouse is going to be able to to meet all 100 percent of those needs and no one person can do that at best they're like 75 percent and so you've got to find another place to meet those needs like if you now if you're very outdoorsy and your spouse doesn't like the outdoors you need to hang out with some you know, same sex friends and go do some of that stuff mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just, you know, and then for, for us as people of faith, we, we know that, that like God feels that need. And, um, and so if you're expecting another person to fill that, it's just to, to fulfill all of your needs, it's never going to happen. No. And you, you can't, it's unfair to put that on somebody. I think also, um, like, you know, culture and society and movies and books tell us that we're going to be happy, of the time, maybe 99% of the time, right? But that's that's not true either, going along with, like, your pie chart Mm -hmm. and the expectations. Like, maybe you're happy 75% or 80% of the time. Maybe everything, maybe you're not even necessarily, like, blissfully happy, but everything's okay Mm -hmm. for that amount of time. But there's still this other 20 or 15% where troubles happen or fights happen and that's that's just normal because you're two imperfect people that have had different experiences and you see the world in different ways and so you're going to clash some of the time and just because you might not have that same um chemistry that you might see someone else go through with some with their spouse or their what you see online please know that whatever problem you were you were having with your spouse and you're like, oh, I can find happiness with someone else, or I can, I'm much happier talking to this person. 
you are going to go through that same crap with that dude or that woman mm-hmm. um, that you're going to go through with who you're with now, yep. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. You are still going to go through things with whoever you are with. I think I kind of want to talk through the way that people in the church handle going through a divorce or being around people that are going through a divorce, right? I remember meeting you. Was it the first night or the second night in class? And um, I just got a divorce, like, I mean, four months into it. And um, we were sitting there talking. It was you and Jay Losey, and um, I don't know how it got brought up. Oh, you asked what brought me back to Birmingham. And I said, oh. And immediately when someone asks you that, you have this moment of breathe in because you're about to let them down. Or breathe in because here comes that look that you feel like everyone gives when you say this. But, uh, and I always, I knew that I never wanted to be that person that said divorce. And when that word, it's even hard for it to come out. Like when that word hits, you're like, breathe it in, breathe it out. Here we go. And I said that and you were, and you immediately said, I'll never forget it. And where y'all are standing. And you said, Hey, me too. And Jay Lucy said, yeah, me too. And I was like, what? 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 <laughs> y'all for real? Are y'all just saying that to make me feel better? And like, I didn't even know either one of y'all at that time. And y'all were like, no, yeah, I did that too. And immediately I felt comfortable. Like I felt, okay, these are my people. Because yeah. they know um, what this feels like. Right. And it's really about feeling and what this And you can see like that, that there's better on the yeah. other side. Right. Yes. So, so let, so for me in my situation, I, I'm not going to, I did, I did when, when I was first going through my divorce, I was like, well, it was just not God's plan for me to get married in the first place. And, and, and then I look back on it now and I go, you know, God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. We are the ones that derailed that plan. And mm-hmm. his word, and I don't want to get preachy on our not 99 podcast, but his word does say that he, God hates divorce and all that. I'm not making light of any of that. So I don't, Definitely I don't want not. any of our, our, our listeners who are you know strong devout Christians that have never been through this just go well they don't understand and because they've been through it now they're just trying to sugarcoat it no we understand what the word says but I know that my God is a redeemer and he loves me mm-hmm. and and I have seen what he's done in my life on the other side of that yeah. and it doesn't matter the reasons that I got divorced what matters is that that there's hope on the other side of it mm-hmm. and what I would hate for somebody to do is to be going through a divorce and because somebody in the church with a holier than thou attitude came up to them and said something that they either thought was helpful or they felt like it was their right to rebuke somebody in that moment to walk away from a community of people that can help them mm-hmm be better and live a better life. And that's that's where I get fired up because I know people that have been pushed out of churches when they got a divorce. I know people that have been pushed away from things because because what happens is it's a public sin that people can see. Yeah. It's, a, it's a public, like you said, failure that mm-hmm. people can see that the, the private failure that, that this other person has that is not seen. Right. And, and so they go, well, I can see that public thing and I'm going to attack that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they've got this own private thing going on in their own lives and, 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 and push somebody away, hurt somebody's um, spiritual side, hurt somebody um, from a community that they believed in because they, they want to be that judgment. I don't feel like we're called to condemn. We're not called to condemn. That's right. We are not called to condemn. That is not, it it isn't up to me to make you feel good or bad about your decision. It's not to make you feel good or bad about your decision. And I think that's why when people reach out to me, I've had so many just ask, what should I do in my marriage? And it's almost like they want me to jump on their train to be like, oh, you need to leave. You need a divorce. 
no. I will never say you need to do that because I feel like it's, I can't make that call and I would never make that call for anyone. But it's my job to encourage you to make sure you try any and every route you can before you just completely throw your hands up and say this isn't going to work because guess what the next person you have those same exact trials those same exact things just with another name that yeah i want to encourage people too man like if you've been through that and and somebody in a in a in a church setting or whatever made you feel like less than like don't don't judge the entire system because of a person because the fact is everybody in that system is broken as well and they've been through something else. And, you know, what flipped the switch for me was I sat down with a high-level leader in our church, our, and we go to a large church, and and was looking at joining uh, the leadership team. And he asked me, he said, do you have anything in your past that would uh, disqualify you from ministry? And I said, sheepishly, I said, well, I, I, uh, I was divorced. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that's not going to disqualify you from ministry. And the switch flipped in my head just like that and and it made me no longer feel like less than no longer ashamed because I was still going to church I was still doing the thing I was still getting myself around people yeah but but I was I felt like if they only knew like you felt they only knew my secret here goes the letdown here goes the letdown you know? that's exactly you feel like oh here here breathe it in here it goes <laughs> yeah and uh and I think oftentimes that's, you know, we, we will bring guilt and shame on ourselves that other people don't even feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Y'all are like, oh, yeah. And not that it should just be. <laughs> not that it's a flippant thing. But, yeah, yeah. But just the, um, and that completely what, turned you know, it for what me. What would you have felt like if I don't mean, oh, really? I'm so, how long? Oh, yeah. Did you try? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have walked out of class and be like, mm, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go back. Definitely not going to hang out with that guy. Yeah, anymore, I don't want you know? to. Where's my uh, click at? Because it's not here. <laughs> um, and so that's you know that's the thing. Like, and uh, you know what, man, it's not our place to to pass judgment on somebody for something. Uh, it's our place to to help show the good life that we've been given. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's what we're that's what we do. That's what I mean. That's what I try to do. I try to to be faithful in what I've been given and in my platform. And that's I, you know that's a platform for me. There. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit churchy here, and we try not to do that too much. But I'm gonna get a little bit churchy here because I feel like a lot of people that go through divorce feel like there's there's this guilt, shame, there's a condemnation that they need to carry with them everywhere they go, and that they are less than, and that they are not loved. There's a comparison. We just talked about how everything is such a comparison, and why? Why? What do you have to prove? That's right, and they're going to compare themselves. I can tell you, I've compared myself. My ex-wife is remarried. I did it today. I was telling Jamie I did it today at lunch because um, just sitting there having lunch with some friends, and I look up, and I see... Andy's ex-girlfriend sitting right beside me the whole entire time. I did not know it. Did not. And instantly, you just start comparing yourself. Like, what did he see in her? What's, how is this any different? Like, you just immediately, and I told Jamie, I said, my heart was racing. Like, my adrenaline was pumping. And I'm like, why? Why did I do that? Why do, you, why do we do that? Because we all do it. And it's just... I mean, yeah, and you feel that way too. Like my ex-husband oh, yeah. got married. You do instantly do. I'm, I remember. I had to prove. I right. don't get it. I remember looking at my ex-wife's new husband, 
And they went, wow, he's better looking than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then people go, you know, her new husband's not as good looking as you. And Are you call. thinking, you're alive? You're I know. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> I am not blind. Um, I can see. I can see that guy. I see me. And, uh, and, you know, but that's guilt and condemnation and things that, that I probably heaped on myself, right? But the, here's the truth of the matter is um, even though you've, you've had that go on in your life, even though you've had that, that, that time that for you Christians, you've stepped out of God's plan, you're not less than. You are loved. There, we, we love you. you. The church loves you. God loves you. There, there, you don't have to walk around with the guilt and shame and condemnation and, and feel like you need to wear the scarlet A on your chest all the time. For you non-book lovers, that's from the scarlet letter. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> for Becca, that's for the scarlet That's <laughs> for the Beccas out there. <laughs> Read the synopsis and you will understand. Um, but like you don't have to you don't have to carry that with you everywhere. You can move past it and, 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 and you can be used and make a difference in people's lives. Because what we want to do on this show, we want to help you understand and be your best you. Yeah. yeah. And move past it with people who want to invest in you and be around and want to, even though you messed up or even though um, you can't see past the shame, but the people who are still in your corner or in your house or in your zone of friends, that's who you need around you, yeah. supporting yeah. you. Um because there's a lot of people that you'll be surprised that when you go through this, who back away. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, one of the hardships of, it is. of what you didn't realize you'd go through during yeah. the heartbreak of it. Hey, I, 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 having been through a divorce and having and living my life now, which I will firmly agree, my life now is 100 times better than it was before. I love my wife, who's sitting right beside me, and I just pushed her shoulder. I love my <laughs> adorable children. We have three of them. God has, the way I look at it is God has redeemed my life and given me more than I could have asked for. That said, I'm not encouraging any of you to go out and get a divorce. No. Gosh, it was hard, you guys. It was so hard. I was broken. I felt broken. I didn't feel like a whole person anymore. I was thinking back on things that happened with, you know, in our marriage. What could I have done differently? Those things, I will say, have helped me be a better husband to Rashan. Because I realized even though I wasn't the one that left and even though the things that happened that caused our marriage to fail were not things that I had done, I'm not perfect. And I was not perfect in that in that marriage. And so I can I can learn. I can do that. Now, I'm also not saying, and I, I want you guys to hear this, if you're in an abusive relationship, we are not telling you to just stay in an abusive relationship. If you have a spouse that is harming you physically, emotionally, and is, and is breaking you down like that, then there needs to be a separation, and and then you can work on it. After that, you can you if 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 your spouse is willing to work on it, you're willing to work on it. You can do that, but you have got. I'm not, we're not asking you to stay in a home where a spouse is harming you physically or emotionally in that way. I want you to. I I just want to make sure that we we say that right. clearly, because so many times people get the idea that especially Christians are like, well, you just got to stay married, don't matter what's happening. But we understand that that there are times that people need to have a physical separation. So if you've got kids and somebody's being abusive, you're sick, you're, you don't have kids and you're being abused, you do not need to stay in that. You mm-hmm. need to step away. Yeah. And then if your spouse is willing to work on it and you're willing to work on it, you stay separated until there is a change that you can identify and you know that there's been a complete heart shift. So 
It definitely takes both of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can't just be Be one. One One can't make it work. And if one is lacking, there's a difference. If one is lacking and and may not meet your expectation, again, don't hold that over them. Yeah, expectations are different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That doesn't mean that they're not trying. It's just they don't know how or or they're trying to figure it out. Um, But if they're both willing to give something, try don't break that up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, heck, man, I don't meet Rashan's expectations. Because, Ooh, you want to know something? But I, but I because I'm not. Nope. <laughs> exactly. Nope. Because neither, one, neither one of us live in a romantic comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Let me say this. A couple's connection throughout the day and how many times they misconnect throughout mm-hmm. the day and how that is such a letdown. Again, it kind of goes back to expectations, but that, that's kind of a like a connecting of, hey, I want to talk to you. And we sit here and we talk. And you might have been looking at your phone or you might have been doing something. You lost that connection that you could have held for a little bit or Mm -hmm. just little things throughout the day. And I want to say, I need to find that article. It said how many disconnections a day happens that it weighs on each relationship and each day that if you just stop and connect for just a little bit, how much that builds for someone, which is totally true. Yeah. So on that note, um, I do want to bring up a little bit of our, we did get some feedback from our stuff last week. We got a lot of feedback off these last few. We've got a lot of feedback recently. It's been amazing. Thank you guys for giving us feedback. Yeah. Continue to do that. It, it is, uh, it's really incredible for us. Um, and I'll give you all the ways to do that. But last week specifically, Rashan got super nerded out about what makes guys cry i'm just because i think jonathan losey mentioned it i'm like what you cry in movies um i think you just oh, wanted to know. hold up y'all See? i saw remember how i couldn't think of all the way one back to titanic days that i couldn't <laughs> think of what made me cry me before you have you seen that yeah. oh yeah that's a good movie i was yeah. sitting on the couch watched the ending of that i was crying so hard andy gets up and he's like <laughs> he looks at me. <laughs> he has to come over there and hug me. I'm crying so hard. <laughs> so hard. That's awesome. No, well, it was not. <laughs> you got a hug from your husband. I mean, yeah, that was, but the movie, I was. He could have. That story could have been. Andy looked at me with such derision, like, "Why are you crying?" Right he now? no, he totally connected with me on this. Yeah, that he knew movie. I was upset. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "Babe, it's just a movie." It's a good movie. It's a, and it does. It, it's a it's a heart tugger. But again, like I I liked it. I don't think it made me cry because I'm I, I cry on different types of things. I guess you know, like I'm not Toy human. Story, Toy Story three and Wonder. The movies Wonder. that didn't make me cry. And I roll my eyes at, made you cry. Caddyshack. No, I'm just kidding. Cody ugly. I cried. So I cried hardly. And dude, where's my car? How did that guy find it? Did he find it? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Pocus, pocus. Oh. So speaking of, speaking of, here's some feedback we got from our one listener who has an amazing accent that we know of. Yeah, we may have more. If you have an amazing accent, you're not giving us voice please feedback. Call us. Please do, please because we've listened to this message over and over. Hey guys, um, in your last episode, you mentioned uh, Blockbuster Video. Just wanted to say, hey, I actually used to work there at a point, and I proudly have that listed on my resume. It's a nice little conversation point when kind of job interviews. Um, but also, you were talking about movies where guys cry in it. 
And growing up in England, I, when I was a teenager, I worked at a multi-screen movie theater. And I was there when the movie Moulin Rouge was released. And what we used to do, our staff, is at the end of a screening of that movie, we'd go into the theater just by the exhibit so everyone else walked past you. And we would count how many guys were still crying whilst leaving the movie, uh, which we thought was hilarious. Bunch of wusses. <laughs> So I can't even remember what happens at the end of the movie. I guess either Nicole Kidman or Ewan McGregor dies. But anyway, uh, it was a cool movie. I remember that. So yeah, what makes guys cry in movies? Apparently the end of Moulin Rouge. Anyway, catch you later. Thanks, so, Liam. I'm glad to know that. Yeah, I've never seen Moulin Rouge. Is Sad. Ewan McGregor even in that movie? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I just know the soundtrack song. Yeah, get you, get you. Yeah, yeah, Gaga or something. I know the whole soundtrack. Lady Marmalade. Never seen the movie? Just know the song. Yeah. So, and Rashan did spoil the movie for me when I asked her a question. She should have said... You asked me a question. Whatever. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned I was watching Melon Rage and you're like, yeah. I don't know if I meant, yeah. I don't know if I did that. It was some... Yeah. Some similar noise. So, I'm glad to know, though. I'm glad to know that Moulin Rouge apparently makes... Makes men cry. Englishmen cry. (laughs) That's what I was thinking about pointing out. Englishmen. Also, Liam... (laughs) I love that like Blockbuster is on your resume and it's a talking point because like that works when you're in, you know, filmmaking. But I believe if I was to go on an engineering job interview, it wouldn't work out so well. It's not going to help you out. What have you done to do engineering? Well, I once worked at a Blockbuster. <laughs> and it was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> no, thanks, man. We appreciate the feedback. I love that. We've got some. Um... Can he call every time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Becca really enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, we, uh, we, do, we do need more. English voices. We are when we go camping with Liam and his family this summer. We're gonna have to record a special edition of the yeah. 99 podcast. Oh, that's fun. That would be fun. Yeah, and with uh, slapping bugs away. That's what the bug spray is for. <laughs> oh yeah, bug spray. It doesn't work. Anyway, if you uh, would like to leave us some feedback, hopefully this episode has touched on something to to help you or help someone you know. Because really, hopefully, none of you are going through a divorce or or. or is fresh on you right now, but almost all of us have been affected by it in some way or another. Uh, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at not99podcast at gmail.com. You can call us and leave a voicemail at 205-775-7860. You can connect with us on social media at not99podcast on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com slash not99podcast. We would love to have more and more of you connect with us on there like us subscribe to us leave us a comment Rashan is definitely done with this podcast she is playing a game on her phone so with that I'm Becca Bryant <laughs> I'm Rashan Waters and I'm Jimmy Waters have a great week bye bye